0: Hey everybody, we're here at Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook, I'm Chucky, this is Jason, and we're going to have some fun today. There is a lot to cover. As you can see, all these sheets are out. Everything's on the mobile app as well, but we decided to kind of map our sheets out a little bit. But uh, let's dive right into football, Jay. There's been a a lot of chatter on the board as teams are getting closer and closer uh, to going to camp, and uh, some of the big question marks are with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, and the Seattle Seahawks. What's ultimately going to happen with those three teams? And I think you look at Cleveland, and that's the big question, Mark, is that they're good enough to probably be a Super Bowl team if Deshaun Watson is at quarterback. If he's not, we know Baker Mayfield's dealt or going to be dealt. There's so many rumors out there. He's going to Seattle, and that's kind of a foregone conclusion. But they're not going to go into the season, I don't think, with Jacoby Brissett. It's definitely altered their season win totals, Uh, the, the, the AFC North, their odds to win the Super Bowl. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's a live play uh, for the Cleveland Browns if Watson isn't going to be there for an extended period this season. Yeah, and
1: that's what that's what all the coverage that's out there is talking about that Garoppolo once he proves that the arm strength is there right. and that he's recovered is that the the Browns will make a move to to pick him up and be kind of their uh, quarterback is we're expecting that Watson's uh, going to be suspended and yep. not going to play at any point in time this year um, and maybe even going a little bit further than that but I think Jimmy G is the answer there and you talked a little bit about the Saints and the Seahawks and from a Seahawks standpoint obviously um, do we think Drew Locke uh, is, Geno is the Smith answer or Geno right. Smith and um, so they're, they're a team that uh, we're really looking at of what are they going to be able to do on the offensive end with the the, really, the most important position in, in football at that quarterback position. And Saints, um, I, I'm more optimistic on the Saints than, than you are. I think the no, I think uh, the Saints are in a very good position there, and um, I think that they're a, a good offense. Now we talk about what's going to happen with Camara, right. uh, potentially the, the suspension that's going to be coming there. Um, so again, it's weird. We're sitting here in the off season as we enter the month of July. It's never and, to talk football and, uh, right. and trying to trying to handicap right. some football, but it's a lot of fun. And one of the reasons we're trying to handicap football is because we've. Put up a ton of props. But before you get football. into the
0: props, I just want to touch on the Saints, though. And I think one of the reasons that we're a little bit more optimistic about the Saints is they won't have Kamara, but they have Mark Ingram, who's you know familiar with that system. And if Jameis Winston is healthy and back again, I think in, in the four games he played or the three games last year, he had like 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. But they could actually move into more of a passing team because Michael Thomas should be back healthy. Um, we know that they drafted Chris Olave. Um, And they also added Jarvis Landry. So they've got a nice trio of wide receivers there to really kind of change the complexion of that offense until Kamara comes back if he's issued a lengthy suspension. Yeah, and
1: again, in the division outside of Tampa, we still have what we consider soft teams in Carolina and Atlanta, so potentially baked in four wins there for the Saints in that situation.
0: So let's touch on all the different football stuff we put up right now. (laughs) There's just a ton, guys. I mean, if it's passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, offensive rookie of the year team to make the playoffs, yes or no, which uh, division will have the the Super Bowl champ in it. You name it, it's on the board. Let's start with Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, we had Kenny Pickett as our favorite, thinking that he's probably the one rookie quarterback that maybe could emerge as a starter. Could beat out Mitchell Trubisky, but right now he's running with the third team. So we've actually altered those odds right now, and we just talked about it, but for the Saints, we've moved Chris Olave to the favorite, and that's kind of looking at the last couple of years. You look at a few years ago, the success that Justin Jefferson had and last year although Mac Jones had a really solid good year he still was not rookie of the year it was a wide receiver Jamar Chase
1: yeah and then you look at the even guys Jalen Waddell Devonta Smith um, I think the young rookie receivers coming up they're number one they're getting immediate playing time right they're playing a lot on the field and I think when you look at the class of a uh, rookie, rookie wide receivers you talk about Olave, you talk about Garrett Wilson Drake London Traylon Burks, uh, Jamison Williams. These guys are going to be on the field right away for their teams. And I, I go all the way down to the list, a uh, guy that we have listed ninth on the list at 12 to 1, and Jamison Williams um, right. with those Detroit Lions. I think that obviously, from a standpoint of where Detroit's at, um, uh, a really empty He's wide. gotta rec- be healthy. Yeah, yeah, empty wide receiver room um, yeah. and and a lot of opportunity to get there as a team that's probably gonna have to throw the ball a ton. It's um, pre- to a pretty good price at him at twelve to one.
0: Uh, let's jump now to to rushing yards and, and I think you look at that and it's like oh Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Cook, those guys are all at the top. But you look at um, you look at Henry. He was hurt a lot last year. He's a phenomenal back, but he has logged a lot of yards in the last four years and you look at his age and usually when a a running back hits that age you start to see a decline. I I think in Taylor's case with with a new quarterback there and Matt Ryan they're going to be a more balanced attack. Uh, Cook now has an offensive-minded coach. I think there's some value with Najee Harris there. With a couple of young, with with Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, they're going to run the ball even more. Uh, You look at Harris, he's actually gained some weight in the offseason to be more of that kind of power back, too. I think Pittsburgh and and Najee Harris has some value there.
1: Yeah, when we put these up, the couple of things that scared me is we had um, two former um, rushing champions on the list um, way down the list. And And I um, all the reports out of camp, everything is that Saquon Barkley has looked absolutely fantastic, and I know all you guys that have had Saquon <laughs> Barkley in your fantasy teams are probably grunting me included, and, and me being super pissed off that I even bring up his name. Um, <laughs> but he's he's now you know had that time to recover from the injury, probably came back a little bit too early um, at forty to one for a guy that we know is going to be a number one back. We know a guy that's going to be you know getting the ball a ton. Um, very interesting there, also David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears. I think is an interesting selection, and he 's at uh, forty to one as well. Um. The biggest thing here, from a running back standpoint, is getting a guy that stays healthy. So, right. you know, from the the, the Barkleys, the McCaffreys, uh, those guys uh, obviously scare you, and that they've never haven't been able to stay healthy, including a Cam Akers or a, uh, Austin Eckler. Um, a lot of those guys not staying healthy. And Nick, a lot, a Nick of, Chubb is the other guy for me. A lot of those are by Cleveland committee, standpoint. though,
0: and that's that's kind of the issue. You look at the Rams; it's by committee, and with Chubb, you know that Kareem hunts on the field a lot with Cleveland. That kind of downplays a little bit as well. You kind of look for the the school. Team that maybe has just the one running back that's going to be on the on the field for well, all three Well, if you could dogs. take you
1: could take a shot with these guys not staying healthy. You know, right, I mean we saw Derrick Henry not stay heavy, we've seen Dalvin Cook miss a game or two each and, each and every season. Jonathan Taylor obviously at the top of this list and continues to rack up yards in what should be under with Matt Ryan under center an improved Indianapolis offense um, that is going to be able to use Taylor even a little bit more.
0: Uh, let, let's look at wide receivers now. I mean at the top it's it's Cooper Cup. It's Chase, it's Jefferson, Devontae Adams. Uh, a lot of people are looking at Devonte Adams a little bit, looking at the Raiders with a new coach of Josh McDaniels, thinking that this offense is going to be dynamic. They're in the arguably the toughest division in football. It's a passing division. I think every game that the AFC West plays, you may have some of the highest totals on the board with, with Herbert and and um, and Mahomes and what you get out of uh, Russell Wilson now and now Carr. So maybe some value with uh, with Adams there in that offense with uh, with um, the tight end. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Waller, I'm sorry. Waller, and then you've got Hunter Renfro underneath. So that offense is going to be pretty good for Carr, probably the best offense he's had for the Raiders so far in his career.
1: Yeah, it's tough to go super deep in the in the wide receiver pool because of the guys that you're looking at at the top in a cup and Jefferson and Adams and Chase Debo Samuel if he ends up re-signing with San Francisco. The one for me that was kind of interesting here was we see this quarterback change in Denver, right? Uh, and we know Russell Wilson is going to change the dynamic of what's going on there, and Jerry Judy has... has Coming out of college was that guy that you could see as a top-tier uh, you know why has receiver, to hold on to but the he ball. Ha- he, he hasn't been able to make the catches. And, and that Denver offense still wants to be a running game offense. But Jerry Judy and, and really the Denver offense is interesting to me. As you talked about, that AFC West, you're going to have to move the football. You're going to have to put points on the board. So can Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy be that
0: combo in Denver? Right. Those are some fun props. Let's look at quarterback, too, now. I'm going to go way off the grid, and, and I'm going to say a guy that possesses A whole lot of value this year, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this, is Kirk Cousins. He's got a coach now that is a a throw-first coach. He's got great wide receivers on there. He's got a good tight end. He's got a, a running back that likes to catch the ball out of the backfield. I think there's some value with Kirk Cousins maybe having the best year of his career. I'm not going to argue with you.
1: I think that offense is going to change. I think that they were so reliant on Dalvin Cook and Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. And obviously Jefferson and... uh, um God, which we're had a football, so I you keep in this.
0: <laughs> I know, but I the, was like the, the, well.
1: the offense is there, and I think the offensive the change right. is going to be there to where they're going to throw the football. Right. They're not going to back. it. Can Cousins do it? That's they're, a they're, big question. They're going to be Mark. more aggressive. Right. I, I'm I go back from a quarterback standpoint, you know, and we're 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 you're spilling your fantasy secrets to me, so now I know who I need to. It's all right, now I know who I need to draft, but I'm going to go back. Maybe to,
0: it's a smokescreen, and I want you to take
1: I'm, it. I'm going to go back to the New Orleans Saints because you talked right. about getting right. Michael Thomas net back. Now, we don't know what and who he's actually right. going to be. Um, and, and, and we both love Chris Olave and what from what standpoint that they're going to have. But without Kamara, you know, you, Ingram can't carry the ball 20, 25 times he's not times a receiving a
0: uh, running back either. Right, but it right. puts it
1: all on Jameis Winston, right. who we know loves to go and take those deep shots down the field. He's right. not afraid. You know, He's, he's probably going to have to live with a lot of the interceptions, but man, what an aggressive quarterback, and a guy we know wants to redeem himself. I mean, right. if you've seen some of the offseason workouts and stuff that he's been putting through, you know, this guy's going to play football with a chip on his shoulder this year. Well,
0: I think what makes it interesting about, about Winston is is that you look at the, the success that Justin Jefferson had in Chase, it was all in the deep ball. Michael Thomas is more of kind of an underneath guy, as is Jarvis Landry. So that really opens up the deep ball for Chris Olave. So Winston loves to air it out he's got the big arm and that's why i think there's some value with the lobby. and as i said he's kind of been elevated uh, to the favorite now for our offensive rookie of the year
1: adam Thielen was an adam of, Thielen. Draw, Irv draw, Irv smith at tight end too right
0: <laughs> drawing a blank on <laughs> <laughs> you know we're just kind of getting our our football you know game faces on and really starting to dive into it and think about it but there's so many things on the board right now for football season guys come check everything out in the book or or of course on the mobile app great time to have the app because when you go into football, it is just one prop page after another of all the different stuff we have offered right now.
1: I thought the other great prop that we put up was a team to make the playoffs. Right. Um, obviously, we're, we, we are all interested in who's... Got a chance to win the Super Bowl, and, and and but it's only one team that can do that. And so, uh, being able to look at uh, will my team make the playoffs, and having that big array of of all the teams to make the playoffs, I think is an interesting proposition. As you look division right. by division, um, who can win divisions, who can who can steal a wild card and make the I, playoffs. I think that
0: the two teams to me that are kind of interesting, um, one in the AFC, one in the NFC. In the NFC, it's the Eagles. Um, I could see the Eagles being really good and win that division, or if hurt struggles do they regress a little bit although they pick up aj brown they've got kind of a dynamic young offense but they really need hurts to kind of take that next step there's a lot of people that think they could win the division and actually be the best team in in the nfc east and in the afc it's in our backyard it's the raiders um big kind of you know plus price on the yes because they play in such a tough division we've seen a lot of action on the yes it won't stun me if the raiders win the division but they're gonna we're gonna know pretty quickly their first five games this year they played all three division foes so we're going to know out of the jump how good the Raiders are early in the season.
1: I'll give you a sneak peek because I know we're, we're going to go and focus on some football divisions um, in the next uh, couple of weeks. Right. We'll, we'll have some our previews of divisions but I, I'm more interested in a no on a team to make the playoffs and I, I'm going to I'm going to give you a shocker and I'm going to go back to our hometown um, but I and not not that, not that it's the Bears, but I'm gonna and I'll, I'll back it up later in our in our divisional preview. But I'm gonna take the Green Bay Packers to not make the playoffs this year.
0: That would favor what I said earlier about Kirk Cousins having a big year because if the Packers don't make it, the Minnesota Vikings win the NFC North. All right, so that's kind of our little teaser for football. We're definitely gonna be diving into this, uh, you know, next week and the coming weeks in July. We know it's only baseball. You'll be getting a lot of football updates. Uh, Let's jump over now really quick before we get into basketball about kind of the the shocking news that comes out of college football with UCLA and USC both moving out of the Pac-12. Well,
1: I don't know how any news out of college football right now you can consider shocking. I mean, really, the landscape of college... does that mean
0: that there's actually entire programs that are in
1: the transfer protocol? The landscape of of college sports. It's It's not specific to college football. Um, the transfer rules, the NIL, and the TV deals that these guys are under. And we saw it last year in the transfer um, or the change of Oklahoma and Texas uh, going to the SEC here in the next couple of years. Um, And I think the TV deal, and when you look at the money that the Pac-12 is making compared to the Big Ten and these massive conferences that the SEC is going to become. And I think this is, I mean, it seems weird that we're talking about USC and UCLA kind of the the pinnacle and class of the Pac 12 going to the Big Ten, and now the Big Ten s- essentially becoming a, a coast Power to coast conference. A right. coast to coast conference. I mean, we got Maryland and, right. and Rutgers that are going to be playing. I mean, it's you know. weird,
0: Atlantic to the Pacific, you're going to have rivalries like USC, Wisconsin, UCLA, Penn State, Ohio State, in that mix. I mean, from our side of it, it's going to create some huge handle games and huge rivalries. But what does it really do to kind of West Coast football?
1: Well, I think what what you now have to ask yourself is what occurs in the Mountain West. Um, Our teams like Boise State and and UNLV and San Diego State, does the Pac-12 reinvent itself into a 16-team conference and try and absorb some of those teams uh, from the Mountain West. The Big 12 um, recently picked up uh, UCF and Houston and BYU. Um, Is there still some work to be done there to make that (laughs) another bigger conference? Or do we see something happen crazy out of the blue and there's a new conference created with some of the other schools? And, you know, we think about it from a a basketball and football standpoint, and there's still a ton of other sports that are involved in this changeover. And one of the things that when we were looking at it just from a standpoint of uh, Big Ten, uh, uh, Pac-12 is, is what happens to the women's sports and uh, some of the smaller sports because you know to now add this huge uh, travel right. to, to Big Ten and and, uh, and Pac-12 changeover um, would be very, very interesting from that standpoint. And then I said, you know you, we had looked at what about the smaller sports right. from a West Coast standpoint in the volleyballs, the water, water polos right. that they're not playing back east and, and the lacrosse that they're playing a lot back east that maybe we don't have on the right. West Coast from those standpoint.
0: I think it also impacts like our market out here because You know, the last couple of years you've had the Pac-12 uh, men's and women's basketball tournaments here. Now that kind of changes dramatically. So, um, well, but I think
1: the I, I think the big thing, and we've talked about this for several years after the the Raiders came here, and the Knights came here, and the and the improvement to the UNLV facilities and the school itself is elevating itself is is right. what ends up happening um, to our to our Rebels. Right. I, I think there's a very very good chance they jump that they they find their way out of the Mountain West and find right. themselves in one of these big big conferences, um, and then that elevates again the TV money for them, and 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 you're more attractive. To high-level recruits, and from a basketball and football standpoint, that's what they need to be a competitive team.
0: I think on the football side, I believe they've got a home and home with Notre Dame coming up. So you know there is opportunities there for big money. They have to play in a tougher conference. We know they've got the facility, they've got the fan base. Let's see what happens, you know, with them moving forward. But this isn't
1: this isn't the end of this. So don't make any mistake to think that USC and UCLA are the the last to leave. Tip of the iceberg. There's rumors that Oregon. Like I said, I think that this is. Reshaping the conference landscape as we see it, and and I don't think um, it's going to change until these next TV deals get locked in, and then these teams are locked into to the conference that they're in for at least a period of time. That's what really
0: enabled USC and UCLA to jump is that their TV deal expires in '24, and now they can jump because they're they're out of that TV deal. I think it's going to be interesting because you're going to have those two power conferences with eight teams in each kind of division. So you're gonna have 32 basically schools that are going to be overwhelming favorites in those two conferences to win the national championship.
1: And UCLA and USC are, are gonna love the money of going to the Big Ten. But uh, I guarantee you, they're not going to like no uh, the, the, the competition right. in the Big Ten from a football standpoint. A lot standpoint. more travel too. Yeah, and and uh, going and playing some uh, snow games right. most likely as they're <laughs> uh, you know going to November and, and Ohio December. Ohio State,
0: Penn State, Wisconsin, Maryland. Yep, you're absolutely uh,
1: right. But it, it, that'll add a, a challenging uh, a football schedule to those teams again. Um, we haven't seen a team out of the Pac-12 win a national championship, even even make a playoff game here um, in several years. But um, if you can have success in the Big Ten um, and recruiting to the Big Ten, it's going to be interesting to see what those two it, teams can do in a, in a quick
0: period of time. That's a great point because it really changes recruiting a lot right now for kids that, that are on the east side. Now they have a chance, even though they'll be playing out west, to play that same conference schedule with some of those teams from the Big Ten um all right let, let's look at we've talked uh, we've got some fun with pro football and college football let's look at the NBA I mean free agency started I mean it is just really throwing dollars all over the board right now um I think the big news came out of Brooklyn um where Kyrie opted in and then Durant asked for a trade um, that's going to change the entire landscape of the NBA, depending on where he goes.
1: Yeah, my, my NBA my NBA game is weak here right now. Um, <laughs> you know, after watching the Warriors uh, win the championship and, and uh, us losing money on the last three games uh, with them beating Boston, I'm a little sour on the NBA. And so, yeah, a, a huge amount of movement. Obviously, to talk about uh, Durant uh, going to change the landscape. We actually uh, took the NBA futures down for a little while right. uh, with his news. And obviously the creation of super teams and where where could he go and you know potentially uh ending up in miami or san antonio or, or something like that but now we're seeing all these crazy contracts and everybody being signed and essentially the uh construction of each one of the nba rosters uh, obviously denver made some big moves right. yesterday or secured uh their future with signing jokic uh to a, a long-term deal there but the Bulls
0: with zach levine yeah you know harden is looks like he's opted back in with with Philly, but there's a lot now with, with uh DeAndre Eaton that might go to Brooklyn, it looks like. But I, I think that Durant news to me is just once Kyrie opted in and he wants to get traded, it's going to change. I mean, he's been rumored to go to Phoenix, uh to Portland. Um it would change those two. It would change the entire Western Conference now because both those two teams are maybe a tick behind the Warriors. It really makes that Western Conference. Crazy,
1: and I, I know the Suns was mentioned yesterday, and I don't, I don't, I don't know how they would end up with the Suns or what the Suns have to give up. Well, I mean, they would lose up. Eaton, so that's
0: a, I mean, DeAndre, Eaton. Eaton, so that's a, Eaton, that's a big part of what they, what they lose there because they're not giving him a contract right now, uh, so that frees up a lot of money that they're probably going to give him a max deal had he stayed.
1: The one thing that I was excited about from an NBA standpoint was the draft. Um, I thought the the banchero Smith and right. Holmgren kind of saga uh, of the NBA draft was was kind of cool. Uh, the, I thought the draft was a was a, was a great night and watching those young men. Uh, go up there and get drafted and, and go to their respective teams and I know you put up a, a, an awesome uh, prop on the rookie of the year um, from an NBA standpoint right. with uh, Banchero being favored obviously with the minutes that he should get with the magic and his ability to score the basketball uh, good there but was there anything else on the NBA you know draft standpoint from that rookie of the year, the outside shot I that think you for like the draft
0: that I was really happy that we didn't put up who'd be <laughs> the first pick in the draft uh, it's just there's so much information out there and, and things change so dramatically that we had a bunch of over and unders up, uh, we it kind of was a break-even prop for us draft position, but we did not have the number one pickup, and unfortunately, my understanding is it wasn't good uh, for the industry.
1: Yeah, well, you were able to find him at nine to one. Yeah. I think he opened as high as twelve to one and went down to nine to one. So that's a really good price on, right. a, on, a, on a draft. On, prop. The,
0: on the flip side, for the football draft, which we had, you know, several pages of props up, we had Walker in the field, and that was fifty to one. So uh, you guys cashed pretty good on the NFL. Yeah, draft.
1: uh, NFL drafts, NBA drafts, the books are. Not in a better, the best situation there. Those have been commonly uh, you know, spots for uh, the betters to be able to pick some winners.
0: We're still going to dive into baseball, even though there's some stuff we're going to hit on in the good, the bad, and the ugly segment. Um, I'm going to touch on the Yankees a little bit in baseball. Um, there's still 35 games above 500. Jay, there's 12 teams in the league. Twelve that have 35 wins or less. I think it just speaks volumes of how good this Yankee team is.
1: Oh, you don't have to tell me. We're watching baseball every night and watching every time the Yankees win. We watch people run to the counter to cash their ticket and they're not only doing it you know, on a daily basis um, of just dominating teams, but they they're winning when they don't play well. Right. They're winning when they're they're not hit. They're getting no hit. I'm
0: going to be touching on that. They soon, get no so. hit
1: by the Astros for seven innings after a day after being no hit, and then co- find a way to come back to win the games. They're they're winning games late in games. They're doing it without a full roster. They've got guys that are hurt. They don't have their full rotation. Um, they haven't had Chapman. Um, and and you look if this team can get all of their players back, and we still know that at the trade deadline, oh. the New York Yankee are famous for going out and picking up somebody that's going to help them make that run.
0: They've been tied to Contreras from the Cubs, you know, from pretty much the start of the season right now. That you know, and he's having a phenomenal offensive year. Can you imagine him in that lineup as well?
1: Now they do, they do get a stretch here as we move to the month of July. They do get a stretch here, playing a little bit more of their divisional game. So they're going to see the Red Sox uh, several times. They're going to see Tampa several times. They're going to see the Blue Jays several times. Um, so th- some of the weaker schedule that they ha- they've had of getting gifts of, of the Cubs and A's. Uh, Going to go away here for the next couple weeks and a little bit tougher schedule, but we put up the, a prop on them with uh, over uh, 105 and, right. and a half wins. Yep. Uh, um, and, a, and, a, and a judge prop on his homers because he's the one that's really leading the charge. Judge's home run totals have been amazing. Anthony Rizzo has also uh, resurrected his career with his home runs that he's been hitting there. But the judge home runs uh, another fun prop that we put yeah, up. Yeah,
0: I think you know with, with just baseball going on right now, we're always looking to add different props and filler to the overall menu. Put up the judge prop, the Yankees prop, and we've also added now not only. Um, total bases for about a dozen players every day, but yes or no for players to hit a home run. So it's most of the prolific home run hitters that you'll see on the board. So just something else to check out when you're in the Racing Sportsbook or on STN Sports.
1: Speaking of home runs, I have to have to mention the Pittsburgh Pirates in in uh, June. Now the Pirates ha- haven't been playing particularly good ball. They're a, they're really a bet against team, but uh, they have three players hit have three home run games in June. Not guys that you would think all at young all. young players. Yeah, right. uh, uh, Byron Reynolds, uh, Jack Suwinski, and uh, Michael Perez all had three home run games in the month of June. Uh, again, uh, one of those weird facts and figures to remember about Major right. League Baseball doesn't And they have and another really young player
0: in O'Neill. Oh, Cruz. Oh, O'Neill Cruz, I mean,
1: a six-seven shortstop that just uh, throws missiles and uh, and That's absolutely uh, strikes If you're a
0: Pirate fan, I think the future is bright um, because you have a loaded minor league system, and I think the, the big piece is they're giving these kids an opportunity um, to play a little bit. I know we touched on baseball, and I mean, you look at baseball, Jay, I mean, we're, we're not even to the all-star break or the halfway point yet, and look at the National League first. The first two teams in every division. Mets Braves, Brewers Cardinals, Dodgers, Padres. No shockers. You look at the teams in the bottom, all teams that you guys are fading. Look at the American League. It's Astros, Yankees. The only kind of, you know, variant right there would be the American League Central where it's uh, Guardians and Twins, where the White Sox are below 500. But I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet on the, the Southsiders because Jimenez has been out, Robert's been out, Anderson's been out. I think once they get healthy and they would be active at the trade deadline as well. I still think the White Sox win the Central and really no big differences in baseball right now where those teams on top are going to be buyers, the teams at the bottom are going to be sellers, and I think that gap that you see now is even going to be greater as we get closer to the trade deadline, August 2nd.
1: Yeah, I'm interested in look and see what the Philadelphia Phillies do here. Obviously, the Bryce Harper injury uh, potentially him be out six to eight weeks, something like that. Uh, if they're able to make a little bit of run, or if they become sellers, there's some pieces at the end of the puzzle there. And I don't think they'll be sellers. Steps. I think
0: they're going with, with with that salary that they have. I bet you they're going to be buyers, and they need somebody on the back end in the bullpen, especially. So, but um, we got a big UFC fight. Uh, this weekend as well we got a, a
1: monster UFC fight I'm, I'm super excited about the UFC fight um one of the things that uh, I, I recently celebrated a birthday, um, and and before we get to, to UFC, well, I'll, I'll just throw in a little bit of Wimbledon there. Yep. Um, as, as we saw Serena Williams at, at 40 years old uh, take on Harmony Tam and, and, and drop a, a three-set uh, kind of epic match there. The, the opening round of Wimbledon, we saw Harmony Tam go on to pull an upset in the next round. Um, Iga Swiatek uh, on the women's side right. has been absolutely fantastic. I think she's 37 straight sets um, that she's won, won there. Uh, with all the Wimbledon games are going on right now, and from a, uh, a wagering standpoint on Wimbledon. Again, check out the in-play. A ton of, of the a app. ton of opportunities to bet um, each and every game, each and every set, the matches, um, exact finish of sets. Uh, there's a ton of wagering opportunities on on the Wimbledon stuff. And again, I know a lot of it's early in the morning. Uh, it seems like on the men's side, uh, Djokovic and Nadal on a crash course. Uh, crash course. Uh, but again, a lot of interesting tennis going on. But the reason I bring up Serena Williams at age 40 and a recent birthday is that uh, when I here 40th too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, say it was we'll my go. 40. Right. But uh, <laughs> this, uh, the U- this UFC card, um, I don't want to say it's a little—it's
0: uh, not a senior circuit. It's, right? it's
1: not the senior circuit, but maybe a little bit long in the tooth, as we are seeing uh, a huge number of fighters that are um, in their 30s, and their upper 30s, and even Robbie Lawler, um, who's who's uh, in his 40s, um, on the, on the card this weekend. So, um, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown, and with. Blind ha- handicapping. I'm going to tell you, the handicapping strategy for UFC 276 is to take the younger fighter, um, and and we'll go off of the Serena Williams, 40 years old, uh, unable to unable to win her match at Wimbledon. We'll go th- we'll go the same thing on this but card,
0: but hadn't played in over a year.
1: Yeah, but there, I mean, Chuck, Correct. there's some there's some old there's some <laughs> old guys on on this list. Adesanya versus Cannonier, Cannonier 38 to Adesanya's 32. Lawler versus uh, Bar- Barbarena. Lawler's forty to his thirty-three. Munoz versus O'Malley. This is one of the uh, big breaks. Munoz thirty-three to O'Malley's twenty-seven. Now here's a here's a match of old timers: Jim Miller and uh, Donald Cowboy Serencion, thirty-eight and thirty-nine. We should, you should bet the under in that match just because ah, you right, know they're not right. going to be able to to go the rounds. Uh, Uriah Hall thirty-seven. Andre Munoz thirty-two. Jessica I thirty-five. Macy Barber 24 big mismatch on the, in one of the women's matches This is one of the great matches uh, of the of the night as we're not looking at uh, guys that are in their 30s yet uh, With Ian Gary and uh, Gabe Green 24 and 29. So that's something to uh, you can maybe scratch that match out Don't go the uh, younger guy route on that match as Those guys are both still um, Younger um, Sean Strickland and Alex Breda, 31 and 34. So you get the you get the theme of the night here, um, a little bit uh, age in the card, and I think it is a good card. These are, there are some there are some great matches in here, um, but look and see how age is going to affect a lot of these fighters as they step into right. UFC 276. Again, look on the app, ton of props available. Um, Uh, on the fights, uh, knockout props, all that type of stuff on each and every one of the fights.
0: And actually, we're showing the fights here in Rock's Lounge too, so come check it out if you want to come over and watch the fights, you'll be able to see them as well, so I think it's a great opportunity uh, to check it out, but it is a a really good card, and and before we finish up with the good, the bad, and the ugly, there's other stuff on the board too. Uh, WNBA, uh, we know our Aces are playing really well. Check out on the app, every time that the Aces play, we've got a bevy of props up on the Aces, and now that the calendar has flipped, it is time for NBA Summer League. I know we touched on the draft a little bit and free agency, but NBA Summer League starts on the seventh. All thirty teams are playing here in Vegas this year, so look for more stuff on the wagering menu as well for NBA Summer League.
1: Yeah, we're really going to try and push the envelope. Obviously, it's a it's a minutes constraint, and we don't exactly know how many minutes each one of these young stars are right. going to be playing, so it makes it a little bit tougher on us. But um, definitely for player have,
0: props, it does. But there's a lot more yeah, team props we can game put
1: up. first half, second half. We'll we'll have a full uh, your full menu for the the uh, Summer League.
0: All right, so now, I know we've been jumping around a little bit and we had a lot to cover, but now let's talk about our our favorite segment. I can hear that whistle in the background. John always cues it up really good for the the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, the good. I'm going to say it's the Colorado Avalanche. We know you touched on the NBA. It wasn't great for us. Having the Avalanche is kind of the preseason favorite and winning it. I mean, one thing really stands out to me, speed. I mean, the speed of that team and the way McKinnon play and McCarr, I mean, they are set up to be a really good team for a long time. You think about, you know, the Norris and, and the Calder and, and then uh, the Smythe. what McCarr has been able to win in his short career is crazy. Um, this team is really, really good. I think they deserve to win the Cup. And uh, the West is going to go through them for a number of years, I think.
1: Well, I, I, I dislike the fact that we have to talk about the Colorado Avalanche as our as our good, obviously, as a... As a Golden Knight fan and and a Blackhawk fan, uh, you know, having the Avalanche uh, take home the Cup, it was great for us on the side of the book standpoint. The the Tampa Bay Lightning were heavily bet game by game and to win the series. So um, didn't make up for what the Warriors was on the bad side from the NBA standpoint, but the Avalanche were good. And and they were genuinely pretty decent games, despite the fact that some of there was some blowouts and some lopsided games there. They were still good games and, excuse me, uh, Darcy Kemper, um, you know, a little bit Played shaky well, yeah. in, some of the, in some of those games, but found his way to, to win it. Uh, Lightning again, uh, back-to-back champions, going for their third in a row. Would have been uh, epic for them to, to complete that saga. But uh, the Avalanche well deserved it. You talk about their their kind of championship pedigree with those guys that are at the top, uh, and, and Kale McCarr. You saw it afterward when wow. they won the cup. And, and uh, you know, how do you how do you build a team to win a Stanley Cup? You you have to find a Kale McCarr. You have yeah, to find you have those. To. You have to. You have to find right. those special guys. You got to find those Sidney Crosbys. Then you got to find those those. those top near guys that just take your team to another level. And so um, the rest of the league, as as they enter their draft and look for their players, uh, that's what they're going to be looking for. And, again, when we talk about hockey and we get excited about next year's hockey season, I I know for us it's all about that Vegas Golden Knights and watching this team uh, rebound and and Bruce Cassidy and what he's going to bring to the table and what piece of the puzzles are the Knights going to bring back but I really fully expect this team to to bounce back strong. health is the key word. If they
0: stay healthy they missed more games last year than any team in the league. If they stay healthy I think they're a really good team. Yeah and and
1: Cassidy what he's able to bring um, from a special team standpoint um, over the over the last several years the struggles of the Knights power play and the penalty kill if they can fix those two teams uh, we know that those two things we know that they have the ability to play five on five uh, pretty
0: evenly with the rest of the division. that's the good. Uh, touch on the bad now, and we're going to jump back to baseball. Now, the Astros-Yankees are two really, really good teams in the American League. They've played five times within the last week. Um, in those five games, the Astros have led 45 of the 47 innings, yet they're only 3-2. and two. They easily could be 5-0, and o, as you kind of touched on a little bit. But, but here's the bad. If you're an Astro fan, the Astros have... There was a four-game series in New York, okay? In that series, the Yankees batted 123. That is the lowest batting average ever for a team that was able to earn a split in a four-game series um, and didn't lose the series. It's hard to believe that the Astros aren't 5-0 against them. I think it speaks volumes of how good this Yankee team is. Without their full roster. I mean you led forty five out of forty seven innings, yet you're you split in New York with a one twenty three batting average. They won last night in kind of a one-off. So they show that they can play with the Yankees. It's going to be interesting at the deadline to see what these two teams do because you can make a case right now that maybe they're the two best teams in baseball and kind of on a collision course in the in the American League. But if you're an Astro fan, Man, you look at it and say, we held this team to 123, we led 45 out of 47 innings, yet we split in the Big Apple.
1: So your, your bad is on the Astros' My side on the Astros' they, that side. They played that great. They played still that only, great. Still great only able to pull a split, split out of the New right, York Yankees. Yep. Yeah, and again, that it's a it's a tribute to what the Yankees are finding finding a way to win games. Obviously, their their pitching staff has been absolutely fantastic um, throughout the uh, season here. Obviously, we expected from Garrett Cole. You're getting above uh, expectations from Nestor Cortez, uh, uh Severino coming back. Right. Um, th- those guys are just pitching out of their if mind. You guys right on now. Chapman
0: coming yeah. back with Holmes in the bullpen. They've got two guys right now that can close out games, but they're not done. They're uh, not done.
1: King out of the bullpen. I mean, they're they're really getting some overperformance, and the bottom of that lineup. Um, Um, It's not like you're getting hitting on an everyday basis, but you're getting Trevino with big hits Uh, uh, Donaldson's coming up with big hits Um, It's just on a nightly basis. They're finding Who's next to go up and get the, to get that big hit? I, and and they, and they get the walk. They're in these right. games that are tight, and you you walk a guy, and right. and then Lemayu hits a homer, right. or Donaldson hits a homer, or Rizzo hits a homer, Judge
0: hits a homer. I, I just really think the trade deadline this year is going to be crazy. I mean, if you're a, if you're a New York fan in general, I mean, you know the Mets are going to get Degrom and Scherzer back really soon. Uh, there's been rumblings out there about Luis Castillo, Trey Mancini. There's going to be big-name guys that are moved, and with the new playoff format, more teams out there are going to be buyers this year, so um, yeah, baseball's going to be really fun down the stretch, guys. And with
1: respect to everybody else in the American League, one of the reasons why this Houston Yankees series is so big is these teams really do look like the class of the American oh, absolutely, League. Absolutely, right. Um, out of, all the other teams that are out there, the, the pitching and the lineups for these two teams, um, this just looks like it could be an ALCS right. uh, you know, uh, right. matchup And so it could be uh, imperative on
0: how these teams match up. So we've touched on the good, we've touched on the bad, and uh, what do you think about the ugly?
1: Uh, I'm going to stay something that's kind of close to home uh,
0: for us here with the
1: ugly. and um, Recent news that the Oakland A's look like they're probably going to come um, to a stadium deal up in Oakland. Um, and, and Not finalized yet, not but finalized it's trending yet. in the right direction. Um, I think right. they've got one of the potential three votes that they need. The Oakland A's uh, likely to stay in Oakland and not come to Las Vegas. We know Las Vegas uh, really wants to get to, and be the home of a, of a baseball team, and we made that offer to the A's and bring them back. But the, my ugly is the oakland a's at home they are eight and 28 at home uh, worst home record in major league baseball um, they're they're absolutely pathetic i mean a lot of the guys up on the team should probably be paying here in las vegas uh, down in triple a with the aviators our triple a uh farm club affiliate uh, uh, of the a's uh, but i mean why do you want to stay up in oakland your average attendance is less than five thousand uh that, fans a night yeah. and you're eight and 28 i mean if, if i'm the ownership group Despite the fact that the city wants to keep me up there, I just don't know how they want and think that they're going to have to continued success up there where the fan base up there has basically said, we're just not interested in coming out and it's, watching you play.
0: It, it's like, who do you watch, though? I mean, you, you deal Chapman and Olson in the offseason. Their payroll in 1991 was $31.5 million. Their payroll going into this season was $31.5 million. I think that puts it into perspective when you look at the Dodgers and Yankees who have payrolls of around $350 million.
1: Well, but what changes from an Oakland ownership standpoint? Are they going to get an influx of money from building a new stadium that makes them say, you know what, let's go spend and let's go get these players that, that, that are going to make us a winning organization? Even, you know? I think it would. I think. It, I think. It, I think. If you do come here, you're you're getting an influx of fans. I can promise you, if a, a, a major league baseball team comes here, there's more. There's there's more than five thousand fans a night for our triple-A team that's across the street
0: here. You'd have the Cubs fans coming here, the Red Sox, the Yankees fans. I think we saw it with the Knights. You know, if you build it, they will come, that you had fans... Come from all over the country uh, to watch these games played. So I think in that in that regard, you're right.
1: Yeah, you you, you have a, a series against the Dodgers. You, you won't find an empty piece of pavement on on I-15 heading back and forth to from L.A. Those Dodger fans will come up here. The stadium I, it'll it'll be Dodger Stadium Cup here Yankees, in Las Red Vegas.
0: Sox, I guarantee as well. You'd see sold out crowds. So
1: there. I, I, and is the, is this a lost opportunity or does Major League Baseball uh, still find a way in taking some other team? The other the other rumored team is. Um, Tampa. Uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay, that the Rays potentially um, don't get a st- stadium deal there, and that they're on the move um, somewhere else. Uh, Montreal has been right. been rumored, but if Vegas doesn't get the A's, could the could the Las Vegas be the site that's number one in Major League Baseball. I think we're uh, definitely still in the
0: running for that. So,
1: So, outside of stadium deal, it's the Oakland A's. They're pathetic. (laughs) They're ugly. Uh, Bet against the A's on any given night. uh, It seems
0: like you're going to cash your tickets. I I can hear the whistle in the background, guys. Well, I mean, I know we covered a lot today. It's always fun. Um, We know it's hot out. It's, uh, you know, the dog days of summer. Kind of a different calendar this year than we had last year, where you had NBA and NHL still going on, you know, through late June and, and early July. It's just baseball right now. We touched on WNBA, Summer League but what a great time to get signed up for SDN Sports, come on in, get signed up make that deposit, win some dough and you've got the sports book right in the palm of your hand, right now up to $100 back and for a $50 deposit you get that cool uh, Steven Money t-shirt, so a lot of stuff going on we'll be coming back next week early and kind of giving you guys a, a preview of all the different divisions in football but uh, hey, football's not that far away it's never too early to talk about NFL
1: well the other thing we didn't we didn't talk about it but uh, golf obviously there's some some really cool uh well I don't know about cool but uh storylines and and uh separating a line in golf from the live tour to the PGA tour and and obviously the uh the open coming up and and uh but uh, some, some wagering opportunities in golf as well.
0: I, I can see John going, you know, five, four, and doing this. But anyway, guys, we could talk to you for, forever. We enjoy the segment so much. We love that you guys tune in. Come on in and say hi. Check everything out over the counter or on SDN Sports at all of our properties, the El Cortez, or all of our Wildfire Gaming racing sports books as well. Have a healthy and happy and, and fun 4th of July. Enjoy all the fireworks, and we'll see you guys next week on Book